Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Who are the top college football players taking the field this fall? Well, we break down the skill positions and how they project at the next level with my next guest right here. It's time for the College Football Legends Podcast. The players. We're going to hit somebody and we're taking down the field for a touchdown. I guarantee you that. The coaches. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The plays. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. And so much more. College football legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Welcome to Believe in College Football Legends. I'm Chris Smith. Send me a topic or question on Twitter at the Sports Jesus. That's at the Sports Jesus. We have a great show for you. You know what else is great? It's Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports info, stats, news, and scores. Get those latest odds and lines, and most importantly, the latest matchup reports. Bet Online is your sports intel headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs. Look, it's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games. Available to play right from the comfort of your home. Get in on the action today. Head to the website or use your mobile device to join. And be sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. It's Pen Online, where the game starts. Everyone is talking about the best in college football. The dual-threat quarterback, the electric running back, the top-flight wide receiver, and the game-changing tight end. So we get a detailed report on the next wave of college football superstars everyone will be talking about with my special guest on the show, Ryan Roberts, NFL draft analyst and scout who covers recruiting for the irishbreakdown.com on SI Now. Plus, you have to check out his podcast, The First Team Pod. It's an NFL draft and college football show. You can find him on Twitter at Rise and Draft. That's Rise, capital N, Draft. Thanks for joining me, Ryan. Oh, absolutely, bro. Absolutely. I appreciate you as always for having me on. All right, with the NFL draft in the rearview mirror and the college football season on the horizon, it's time to look at which players will dominate on Saturdays with hopes of being stars on Sunday. So let's dive right in to the top signal callers this fall. There's USC's Caleb Williams, the favorite to win the Heisman again, and UNC's Drake May. Who has the edge as QB1 entering this fall, and what do you like about each of their skill sets? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's Drake May right now. I, I think that they're very different quarterbacks, but they also possess some qualities that I think you're just generally trying to find in the quarterback in today's age. You know, you're trying to find a kid that can both work inside and outside of structure and the ability to have a little bit of magic to them when they, when things break down. And I think that both Caleb and Drake bring that to the table. It's just in, in very different packages. You know, Caleb is... 6'1", 215 pounds. Drake May is 6'4", six, six plus 220-plus pounds. So it just looks a little bit different, obviously. I, I think that the, the separator for Caleb, though, for me, because I think both those kids have tremendous outlooks to be in top five picks, is I, I just think that Caleb just is a little bit more of a special talent, to be honest. You know, like Drake is a plus arm. He's a good athlete. But Caleb can do some things on the field where, I mean, honestly, the minute that he steps in the foot in the NFL, you're going to say that that kid is – one of the probably top two or three best players outside of structure. Like he just does some things sometimes that just kind of make your jaw drop a little bit. So it's not as quantifiable as some positions, right? Like we can't measure the 40 time on that. We can't measure the RPMs. We can't measure 
fully the, the ability for him. Yes, exactly. I mean, you really can't measure the ability that he has to just make things happen when they're not there. So, I mean, I really think that's the separator for me. He is one of the better talents at the quarterback position to come out in several years. Drake is no slouch, obviously. <laughs> Again, 6'4", 220, good arm, athlete. But I just think that Caleb just has – he's just a little bit of a different tier of talent, in my opinion, at the position. Yeah, well, they both threw for a ton of yards. Williams – over 4,500 yards, 40 TDs, 5 INTs, and 10 rushing TDs in 2022, while Manning yep. threw for over 4,300 yards with 38 touchdowns and only 7 interceptions last season. So you're right. What a combo package. Do you have a dark horse candidate at the QB position that will explode on the scene? Yeah, man, I have a couple. I, I think that two guys are in similar packages and for different reasons. I really like Michael Pratt out of Tulane. You know, I, I don't think that he quite has the talent that I'm going to say he's going to contend for one of the first two off the board, but he's a kid that is 6'3", 220 pounds, strong arm, really improved this past year, the ability to work through progressions a little bit quicker, good athlete. He just kind of checks a lot of the boxes. And then the, the other real dark horse is Riley Leonard out of Duke. He's only going to be a third-year player. And I, I don't know what the odds of him are declaring early from Duke, but, I mean, he's another kid that you look at and say 6'4", 210-plus pounds, was a dynamic basketball player in high school. His father and his uncle both played high-level Division One basketball. And there was a lot, there was for a while there, you thought that Riley might follow in those footsteps and actually play basketball instead of football. Ends up at Duke, has a really nice season last year. This is one of those kids that you're going to look at him and just kind of assume he's a pocket passer. But then he runs for over 700 yards last year as a as a a, a true sophomore because he had to play a little bit during his freshman year. I really think that kid has all the tools to be able to be a riser. So it might end up not end up being until the 2025 NFL draft, but I really think that he's worth some eyes this year because I think that he has a lot of those dual threat possibilities that you really find very attractive in today's game. Yeah, just like you said, the dual threat. Leonard was one of six players in the FBS with 20 pass TDs and 10 rushing touchdowns. And we're speaking with NFL dress analyst and scout Ryan Roberts. Find him on Twitter at Rise and Draft. That's Rise, a capital N Draft. Going into the 2023 season, lots of quarterbacks have once again been on the move. So let's go right into your wheelhouse since you are recruiting for the IrishBreakdown.com on Sports Illustrated now. Sam Hartman comes over from Wake Forest to Notre Dame. What is his chance yeah. to thrive with some new scenery? I mean, I think he's going to do really well. I mean, for me, I, I think that Sam is – he's the most accomplished quarterback that Notre Dame's had in a long time. I mean, probably since, you know, Ian Book was a good player, but I would even argue that before that. Like, he's probably the most accomplished quarterback that they've had since at least Jimmy Clausen, maybe since Brady Quinn. I mean, he's thrown for 110 touchdown passes. He's top 20 all-time in college football in both passing yards and passing touchdowns. All-time leader in ACC history in both of those in both of those numbers as well. Yep, so I mean, trailing a, only Philip Rivers, so that's yes. not too bad. Yeah, no, I mean he was he was a tremendous player, obviously at Wake Forest. He played with decent talent, but not great talent. I think that you would argue for sure that Notre Dame is going to put better talent around him, right? So I think you look at him and say he would be one of my dark horses for the Heisman this year, and I think that if he has that type of season, Notre Dame is going to potentially fight for a playoff spot. So. I, I don't really picture Sam as of right now from like an NFL draft perspective as like a guy that's going to be a huge riser. But I think if you're just talking about a pure college quarterback, I, I think he has a chance to be one of the produ more productive signal callers Notre Dame has had in some time. 
The fans in South Bend are very happy to hear that. And one quarterback we talked about a couple of years ago is Phil Dracovic. Now he heads from Boston College to Pitt. It's his third school. He's transferred from Notre Dame, BC, now at Pitt. Can he put all the pieces together for the Panthers? Oh, man, I, I hope so. I really do, Chris. I, I think that Phil is still a really talented kid. I yeah, mean, you were, we were talking about him as being maybe a, a, a in a Big Ben mold. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that the comparison's still there. I mean, he's a big kid. He's 6'5", he's 230 plus pounds, really strong inside the pocket, can break some tackles, has a strong arm, better athlete than you anticipate. He's kind of sneaky in that way. So if he's healthy, I think he has a chance. It's just that's been the thing about Phil, though, the last couple of years is Three years ago, his first year at Boston College, you saw a lot of the glimpses. You know, nearly beat Clemson in their game against uh, against uh, Boston College that year. Really showed a lot of big-time ability. The next year, he came out and started off great. But then it's banged up. Not the same guy the rest of the year. This past year, a little bit of the same thing. Started out pretty well. Got hurt. Came back too early. And you saw at the end of the season that, like, his, he just shouldn't have been playing. Like, he just couldn't grip the football. It just wasn't pretty. So, I, I, I'm hesitant on Phil right now just because it is his third, you know, third team, obviously, in three years. And although he's or, um, 13 in his college career, I should say, and although he's with an offensive coordinator that he's had some success with, same one that he had at Boston College, I, I really just I need to see him healthy for a year. You know, if, if you can if you can guarantee me that he's healthy in 2023, I think he has a chance to be a little bit of a comeback player. But it's just a major question mark just because he hasn't been able to stay healthy the last two, two and a half years. Yeah, going two and six before missing the rest of the season. But like you said, it reunites with his BC offensive coordinator, Frank Signetti. And we're speaking with Ryan Roberts, NFL draft analyst, scout and co-host of the First Team podcast, which you can also watch on Stadium. Find him on Twitter at Rise and Draft. That's Rise, a capital N draft. Now, two running backs went in the top 12 of the draft just a year after no running backs went in the first round with lots of quality in the backfield. Who's your RB1 heading into the fall? Uh, I, I think it's a real, I think it's a good conversation right now between Blake Corum and uh, Raheem Rocket Sanders. Those are kind of my two guys that I looked at, at near the top of this class right now. Blake Corum is very much in the Ray Rice mold. He's probably going to be five, seven and a half. He's going to be 200 pounds. He's just that dynamic player that can make you miss in tight spaces. He can catch the football, explosive, but he's just a little bit of a smaller guy. So some teams might shy away from that. I totally understand. But if they want more of the traditional back, you're going to look at Rocket Sanders because he is six foot plus, 215, 220 pounds, explosive straight line runner. Not really the most, I don't think he's the most cat quick runner of all time, but he's just a one cut and go physical downhill back that I think brings a lot of similarities to former Arkansas running back Darren McFadden. I think that they have Ooh. some similar characteristics. So when you look at Rocket Sanders and Blake Corm, I think they're in very different molds. But they're both very talented in their own right. They just bring very different styles to the table. Yeah, if Corum can stay healthy, he had almost 1,500 yards, 18 TDs. A consensus All-American last season was on pace to shatter Michigan's single-season rushing records until he tore his meniscus and sprained a ligament in his left knee against Illinois on November 19th. So health will be a factor. And we'll be back with more college football legends right after this. Welcome back to Believe in College Football Legends. I'm Chris Smith, and we have on the show NFL Draft Analyst and Scout Ryan Roberts. Do you have a sleeper in the running back class? What do you think of Isaiah Davis from South Dakota State? 
Oh, Isaiah's one that's been on the he's been on the radar since his, a bruiser. Uh, yeah, man. Well, he's he's because he's been on the radar since the spring season in 2020, man. I remember watching him for the first time, and they had um they had Pierre Strong Jr. at that point, who was a really good running back for South Dakota State, and go, going in the third round a couple of years ago. But you saw this kid, you're like, who is this six one, two hundred twenty five pound dude that can <laughs> run a little bit? You know, I'm like, and so he's been on the radar, man. I, I, I was actually talking with my buddy who does a lot of FCS, Joe D. Leone, who's on the podcast with me. Yes. He has the FCS background, and I was, I was telling him he reminds me a little bit of Deuce McAllister. Like I, I see a little bit of that similar quality to him. So Isaiah's a good one. I would say for me, one guy to really keep an eye on, it's not really a super sleeper because he doesn't cover up a small school or anything, but Trey Benson from Florida State is my guy this year where I look at and I say, that kid's going to rise tremendously because he kind of shared the ball a lot with uh, Travion Ward, who now has transferred to um, he transferred to Kansas State this offseason. So I think Trey Benson is going to be a guy that went from 900 yards last year to a guy that could have – 12, 1300 plus this year and could really rise. 6'1, 215 pounds, really physical. So he's a guy that I would keep a close eye on. But I love the Isaiah Davis mention, man. He's just been a, he's been a guy that I don't think about as much as I'm like, I, we've known about him for like four years at this point. You know what I mean? Like, well, he's just one of those guys. Well, well I, can't, I, I should be honest. I, I only heard about it when you and Joe were talking about it. So I started looking him up and, and I mean, it's unbelievable over a thousand yards on 192 attempts, an excellent 5.4 yards per carry, 12 TDs with just one fumble. And as a receiver, he made 18 receptions for 145 yards. And we have on the show, Ryan Roberts recruiter for irishbreakdown.com on SI now NFL draft scout and analyst plus you got to check out his podcast the first team pod which you can also watch on stadium and for the first time there were four straight wide receivers selected in the first round of the draft going from picks 20 to 23 let's see if we can get somebody in the top 10 could it be this year's pass catchers because they are intriguing but as Ohio State's Marvin Harrison Jr. head and shoulders above the rest I think right now yeah, I mean, I do think there's a couple guys that could be in the conversation, but there's just not a lot of guys that you see in Marvin Harrison Jr.'s mold of 6'4", 205-plus pounds. It can run, can, has the great catch radius, obviously, but he really has attention to detail. He's a really underrated route runner. I think he just kind of has everything you look for, but there are guys like Roma Dunze out of Washington who is a similar-ish mold, 6'3", 210-plus pounds, explosive kid. Mecca Ibuka, who is his teammate at Ohio State, he's more of the slot-type receiver, explosive, makes things happen after the catch. So I think there are a couple guys that could be in contention. Like, I think Roma Dunze from Washington specifically is a guy where I say, you know, he could be a top 15 to 20 pick if he puts it together, if he takes another step forward. But I think right now, I mean, it's Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, what he did last season, able to really i mean especially the second half of the season i mean he got off to a little bit of a slow start in a couple of his early games but then by the end of the season he was the best wide receiver in college football last year so i'd say it's marvin harrison jr at the top but there are some talented receivers that are i think could bite at his heels a little bit it's just going to be about obviously development this season yeah marvin harrison jr dating back to the 2022 rose bowl he has recorded three career games with three receiving touchdowns, the most of any player in Ohio State history. This is why you have to check out the first team pod and give Ryan a follow on Twitter at Rise and Draft. That's Rise at Capital N Draft. Now, the tight end position turned up a notch as well. Nine selected through the first three rounds of the draft, the most since 1967. But will George's Brock Bowers crack the top 10 come draft time? 
I think so. I really do. I mean, anything could change. We don't know about injuries and what teams are going to be ending up selecting in the top 10. But Brock Bowers is what the NFL is, is what they all want a tight end right now. You know, he's only going to be about 6'3", 6'3 half. He's only going to be about 235 pounds. That kid's going to run in the four fours. He's explosive. He's, he's a detached player. He's not going to play in line a ton, but he's going to play in the slot. He's going to play in the boundary. He is a movable chess piece. People are going to have the same conversation of like, can we call Kyle Pitts really a tight end because he's playing out wide more? And it's like, I don't care. Like he's, he's a mismatch. <laughs> he's, he's a mismatch. The ball. At the end of the day. Yes. <laughs> and that's all you have to do, man. So I think Brock is, he's one of the potential blue chip players in this class. Tight end is a spot that is getting undervalued slightly over the last couple of years, but we have seen when there is a Kyle Pitts who is a special athlete at the position, the NFL will value that player highly. So I think Brock Bowers has a, has a good path to be in the top 10 pick and barring anything catastrophic or any major setback, I, I think that he will end up being probably a top 10 selection next April. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic career for Bowers. 114 receptions, over 1,700 yards, 18 TDs in 29 career games. And I still want to get into the trenches next week with the big uglies up front and those who will wreak havoc on the defensive side of the ball. Plus, your take on Notre Dame's chances this season. In the meantime, check out NFL analyst and scout Ryan Roberts on Twitter at Rise and Draft. That's Rise, capital and Draft. And all his great work at the Irish Breakdown on SI Now. Plus, you have to check out his podcast, The First Team, NFL Draft and College Football Show, which you can also watch on Stadium. All right, it's time to go for two. Get that kicker out of there. Two final points. It's time to go for two, two lighter questions to close out the interview. Okay, first off, Rise and Draft is a good name, as you must wake up very early in the morning and break down tape. You'll have so many man hours put in into a day leading up to the draft. Have you ever counted how many man hours you put in leading up to the draft? Is January your big push? Um, I mean, not, no, not actually. I mean, I, I, I usually start a little bit earlier than that. I usually, that's why he's rising draft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> usually about Thanksgiving is when I start doing my final evaluations. At that point, you kind of have enough film to really kind of go off of, you know, I watch three to four games of every player I break down. I more count the players, you know, for me, Chris, like the, the hours, I feel like would actually make me a little bit sad. I try to get between three and 350 players every year. Like that's kind of my wow. number. Um, so as long as I get there, I feel like I have accomplished something to a degree. Well, for you, sure. you do a fantastic job. That's why we always love having you on the show. And, the, and among the other 500 things you do, you also are a Davey O'Brien award voter. That's the award for the best of all NCAA quarterbacks. What's your criteria? Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that it's a combination of things because I'm not a big quarterback wins guy right like it matters playing the best ball in the biggest moments of the season i am a believer in that but i'm not going to strictly look at like the you know the quarterback that's on the best team because i think that that's a very flawed situation so i take the stats but also the the team success to a degree but i'm a big i'm a big and i'll be honest about this like i'm a big film guy right so i'm going to go back and i'm going to watch a lot of these guys to really dissect you know, just how good they were playing overall. Because there are some things that get masked a little bit. Like, sure, it's like, you can you know, load up against a part talent, but get dominated yes. against the top flight talent. Exactly. So I, I don't want to see a guy that's just putting up all his numbers against the worst teams in the schedule. I don't want to see a guy that's just, you know, all his production is in, you know, just two to three football games in a season. So I, I go back and I watch a lot. 
So it's a combination of film statistics and then obviously some accolades that they have, right? Like being on, you know, the Heisman Trophy watch list and being on the Davey O'Brien watch list and being all those types of things. I think all those things matter. So I try to pull as much criteria as possible because I, I really, you know, the, the value that I think I bring is that I try to be thorough with everything. You know, like I try to give as much data and as much information as possible. So I really do do my best. I'm not just like throwing names up there out of a hat type of thing. So I, I do my best with that type of situation. Yeah, well, I know the players and the fans appreciate all your hard work. And we've been speaking with Ryan Roberts, who covers recruiting for the IrishBreakdown.com on SI Now. NFL draft scouting for multiple sites. Plus, you have to check out the podcast, The First Team Pod. It's an NFL draft and college football show. You can also find him on Twitter at Rise and Draft. That's Rise, capital and draft. Thanks for joining me, Ryan. Absolutely, Chris. Thank you as always, man. I really appreciate it. As always, Believe in College Football Legends is presented by Bet Online. Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at the Sports Jesus and join us next week because it will be legendary. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.